0: Thank you. Last week, we had Reinhard Bonnke here. I'm sure most of you were here. Um, And I asked uh, you to give, and of course we gave as well, to give a love offering. Now let me just tell you, uh, about two years ago, Peter Pretorius was here. He's the missionary that um, uh, works with Life Outreach and James and Betty Robison in Africa that feeds over 300,000 children a month. And uh, he was here about two years ago, and we gave a $65,000 offering, which I've never heard of that in my life. Never heard of a, a church being able to do something like that. And then this last fall, Dave Reaver was here, and we gave him a $75,000 love offering. And um, last week, uh, we gave Reinhard Bonnke, his ministry, $250,000. <laughs> so... Pretty incredible, isn't it? I've never heard of a church doing anything like this, and I'm sure many are going to follow suit, and I'm sure many are doing it, we just haven't heard of it, but I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. You did a a wonderful, wonderful job, and it it blew him away. Uh, Turn to Exodus 16. We're going to continue our series talking about Elevate, breaking through to new levels of life, and we're talking about how to go to a new level in the area of fun, and the title of the message tonight is, Am I Too Tired to Have Fun? And we're going to talk about the principle of the Sabbath tonight. And let me just tell you about a, a boat company named Correct Craft. Some of you might know them from ski nautiques or aeronautiques. They invented the ski nautique. They invented the aeronautique. They invented the wakeboard boat, the ski boat. They, invented, they, they were the first company to ever sell water skis. Um, but here's something about them you might not know. They've been in business 80 years, and they are owned by believers. And during war, World War II, they were asked to make boats for the war and uh, there was a time when they said listen we need 700 boats in 15 days to cross the Rhine River and they asked several lots of boat companies to do it and when they went to correct craft they said well we'll pray they said how many boats can you make in 15 days they've been making about 20 boats in 15 days pardon me 30 30 boats in 15 days they have been making about 60 a month. And they said, well, let us pray and ask God. Well, God, they prayed and they said, God said, I can do it 10 times. You can make 300. So they went back and said, we'll make 300 boats. Well, no other boat manufacturer said that. And so they began to pray and God spoke to them ways to do it. And they put an ad in the paper and 280 something volunteers showed up to help and all these things. But when it came time on Sunday, they closed the doors. And they came against them. Our own government did and said, listen, this is a wartime. You have to work. I mean, we got 15 days here, and you have to work on Sundays. And here's what they said. We're not going to work on Sundays. Because God says not to. We're not working on, on Sunday. And so they actually began to... Our government began to say... One, a colonel, one colonel said, We're going to bring charges against you for treason. We're going to close your business down. And you'll never be able to operate in this country again. We're going to seize all your assets if you don't work on Sundays. And they said, We're not working on Sunday. God's higher than you. So the colonel started coming against them and a general who was a believer heard about it and reprimanded the colonel (laughs) said you leave them alone now here's the deal they made 300 boats in 11 days they had 4 boats to spare but resting one day a week then they said the government said well the other boat companies are behind on what they said they could make now correct craft at this time could have said you mean the ones that are working on Sundays (laughs) but they didn't they were sweet And so they made another hundred boats in the next four days. They made 400 boats in 15 days, more than any other boat manufacturer. They took them over to the Rhine River. When they got over there, there were 700 boats, 400 made by one company, 300 made by several other companies. When they got over there, the 300 boats made by all the other boat manufacturers wouldn't work. The only boats that would work were the 400 made by Correct Craft, and they didn't work on Sundays to do it. And they, here's the thing, when the troops showed up, they knew they needed 700 boats. But somehow, that was General Eisenhower's words, somehow, we got in the 400 boats. They crossed the Rhine River. In General Eisenhower's words, he said, it was like the loaves and the fishes, it was a miracle of God. And it was one of the turning points of the war. So I want to talk to you about understanding that principle. And if you will honor that principle, God will honor you. I promise you. So, let's look at Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse 23. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, eat that today. For today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day together, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now, I want to ask you a question about this. Why did God make this a law to rest one day a week? Why did God do that? Well, obviously, it was so we wouldn't have any fun. No, God did this so we could enjoy our life. Do you understand that God made a commandment, made a commandment that you have to rest one day a week? Why? Only for your good. So, here's, I want to tell you five things about the Sabbath, all right? Here's the first one. Number one, it's a commandment. It is a commandment. Exodus chapter 20, if you want to flip over a few pages because you're close, you can. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall do no work. By the way, I looked up that Hebrew word for no, and it means no. (laughs) You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now think about this. This is a commandment. This is one of the Ten Commandments. All right? Now, aren't you glad as believers we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments anymore? Do we not have to? Now, I'm not saying you have to follow the Ten Commandments to be saved. No, we're saved by grace. But what about these Ten Commandments? Should we? Uh, if we keep them, will we benefit? If we don't, will we suffer consequences? Is it okay because you're a believer to murder? No. Is it okay to to commit adultery because you're a believer and you're saved by grace? No. Okay, now I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. We keep nine of these. In the believing Christian church today, we, we emphasize nine of these. The only one we don't. Now I want you to think about this. The first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. Do you believe that commandment? You believe you shouldn't have any other gods for them. Second one is don't have any idols. Everyone believe that? You don't have any little idols around your house, do you? All right. Third one is don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Right? We, 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 do you believe that? You believe you shouldn't take God's name in vain? Fourth one we're going to skip. That's the Sabbath right now. We'll come back to it. Right, honor your parents. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't uh, commit adultery. And don't covet. you believe those? You believe, do you believe you should not lie as a believer? Do you believe you should not steal? Do you believe you should honor your parents? Do you believe you should not commit adultery? Do you believe you should not covet? Okay, why is this one the only one you don't believe? Well, it's it's real quiet in here. Think about this. This is the only commandment that somehow we think, this has passed away. This was fulfilled in Jesus. Well, they were all fulfilled in Jesus. Does that mean we don't do them? See, listen to me. Think about it. This is the only commandment that we don't keep out of the big ten, out of God's top ten list. This is the only one that we say, well, you don't need to do that anymore. Listen to me. It is a commandment of God. And why would God command this? For our own good. Do you realize that the Jewish people, this is according to historians, were the healthiest people to ever live on the face of this earth. Because they rested and because of the dietary laws. Why would God give us those laws? Except for our benefit. Alright, so that's the first thing. It's a a commandment. Here's the second thing. It's a pattern. It's a pattern in the Bible. It's all through scripture about resting. I could take you to lots of scriptures, but I'm just going to stay right here in Exodus for a minute. Chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, verse 14. You shall keep the Sabbath. Therefore, for it is holy to you, everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day. He shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath. Now watch this. Throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. How long is perpetual? You say, well, I'm not a child of Israel. Yet, According to scripture, you've been grafted in. You've been grafted in to, this, to, to the children of Israel. To the Jewish people, we're grafted in. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Forever. You know what the Hebrew word for forever means? That's right. For in six days. Now I'm going to show you the most amazing verse in the Bible. You'll see something you've probably never seen. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he rested. You've probably seen that. Watch the next three words. And was refreshed. That's the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your Bible. You've never seen anything more amazing than that. God was refreshed. How? Can you refresh God? That's incredible. How could an all-powerful God get refreshed? It is a principle. It is a pattern in Scripture. Here's what God said. He made the earth in six days. You say, well, God's all-powerful. Listen, but God wanted to rest. God wanted to rest. He wanted to rest his mind. He wanted to rest his emotions. He wanted to rest his physical moving. He wanted to rest for a day. Now, here's what I want to ask you. If God, if God, if God needed to be refreshed, how much more do you? You're made in His image. He made you in His image and He made you to be refreshed one day a week. Here's the third thing I want to tell you about it. God is serious about it. God is serious about it. Numbers 15 verse 32. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man committing adultery and killing people. Is that what your Bible says? Gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Now that shocks me personally that a person would do that. (laughs) And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died. Okay. Now, re- let me remind you what my point is. God is serious about this. The, by the way, the Lord never changes. He never changes. God did a principle, put a principle in. Now, a court, now I understand we're not under the law, and I understand we're not going to stone you if you don't take a day off. I understand that. But here's my question. If God was so serious about it to do this, why aren't you serious about this? Why is this the only commandment that we don't keep? Yeah, I know know you're going to be quiet. They were quiet in the service before. Are you catching this though? Let me show you another scripture. Nehemiah 13 verse 19. So it was at the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be open till after the Sabbath. Then I posted some of my servants at the gates, so that no burdens would be brought in on the Sabbath day. Now watch this. Now the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside Jerusalem once or twice. You're going to see in a moment why they only did it once or twice. Then I warned them and I said to them, Why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do it again, I'm going to lay hands on you. From that time on, they came no more on the Sabbath. Now, let me just let you know that Nehemiah meant something different when he said, I'll lay hands on you than what we mean when we say we're going to lay hands on people. There's one word, you just need need to read Nehemiah. There's one place where he said, I told them not to do it, but they did it anyway. So I punched some of them in the face and pulled out their hair and strictly warned them to never do it again. (laughs) Nehemiah was a little rough around the edges as a minister, but he got his point across. Punched them in the face and pulled out their hair. So when Nehemiah came out and said, if you camp out here again, I'm going to lay hands on you. They did. They, that's why it says they only did it once or twice. Because he took care of it. He's serious. Nehemiah, by the way, every, just about every theologian will tell you this, represents the Holy Spirit. He comes and restores the church. He rebuilds the walls. And he restores the commands of God. And this is one of them he restores. Here's the fourth thing I want to tell you about it. Unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. This is big. Unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. Second Chronicles 36 verse 20. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. This is all the children as we're going into captivity becoming slaves. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, watch this, until the land had enjoyed, what's the word enjoyed, her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Here's what God said, every seven years you let the land rest. And they went seven years and they didn't let the land rest. Then they went 14 years and they didn't let it rest. Then they went 21 and they didn't let it rest. And so here's what happened. They thought they were getting away with it. God was up in heaven every seven years that they went. God went, one. Then they went another seven years. They didn't let the land rest. Two. Now, here's, I want you to think about this. They, they, God took them out of the land 70 years. They did not observe 70 Sabbaths. And you were to observe a Sabbath every seven years. <laughs> this is math. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Seventy years, and they were supposed to do it every seven years. So how long did they go without observing the Sabbath? 490 years. Seventy times seven. Okay? 490 years. Now, I just want to ask you something. If you did something 490 years, would you begin to think you were getting away with it? Just a little bit? Now, I'm not talking about three years. I'm not talking about 10 years. I'm not talking about doing something 50 years. If you did something 490 years, wouldn't you begin thinking you were getting away with it? Okay, listen to me. You never get away with anything with God. Never. You may think you do, but you never get away with anything with God. All sin has consequences, even for believers. Sin has consequences. Unobserved Sabbaths. Accumulate. If you go six weeks or eight weeks and you don't take a day off and then we wonder why we get sick. And we lay flat on our back for six days in a row. And we don't understand why. I don't understand. I was doing, that, doing everything right and then I got that flu stuff. And man, I couldn't do anything. I was on my back. Listen to me. God did this for our good. And if we allow it to go on and on and on, we're in trouble. Our souls need a Sabbath. Our bodies need a Sabbath. Here's the fifth thing and the last thing I want to tell you. God made the Sabbath for our benefit. God made the Sabbath for our benefit. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. It happened that he went through the grain fields. It's talking about Jesus on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of rain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what's not lawful on the Sabbath? But he, Jesus, said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those with him. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, except for the priests. And also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath, watch, the Sabbath, this is Jesus talking, was not made for man, was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of Sabbath. Here's what he's saying. I didn't make you to serve the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath to serve you. God did not make the Sabbath as a burden. He made it as a blessing. The Pharisees turned it into a bird. They turned it into a legalistic ritual. Here's what Jesus did. He walked in and said, I didn't mean for this to be legalistic. I meant this to be fun. I wanted you to enjoy your life on this earth and you can't do it working seven days a week. You're going to have to stop and slow down. And I didn't make you for the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath for you. I was trying to have lunch with a pastor one time. And we were both had our calendars out and we were on the phone. And uh, I said to him, well, what about next Thursday? And he said, uh, I said, what do you have scheduled next Thursday? He said, nothing. I said, great, let's do it Thursday. He said, no, you misunderstood me, Robert. Um, I have nothing scheduled next Thursday. And I didn't get it. I said, great, let's do lunch next Thursday. He said, no, let me explain it to you. Next Thursday, I am scheduled to do nothing. Next Thursday, I'm going to do nothing because I've scheduled next Thursday to do nothing. And he began to talk to him about this principle. And This was years ago. Can I tell you something? If you don't schedule it, it won't happen. If you don't schedule a day off, you won't get one. And this this is something that the devil does. The devil knows he can kill us. You remember about the guy gathering sticks and it says he was stoned to death? Well, let me ask you something. Are some of you dying slowly one day at a time? Just one, one week at a time because you're not observing this. If you don't schedule it, it won't happen. And God has really been working this in my own life. So I'm going to tell you a, a story here. Very personal, but I, this, I do it all the time. So it doesn't matter. Uh, last spring, Debbie and I just got exhausted. Exhausted. We were moving into this part of the building. Uh, we went on s- several uh, overseas trips. Uh, Very close to each other. We had five services. We'd had five services for months, you know, uh, or four, four or five, five, five. And we're just emotionally drained, physically drained. Listen, you have four tanks. You have a physical tank, a mental tank, an emotional tank, and a spiritual tank. And every time you give out of one, you're going to have to refill it. You're going to have to replenish it. And, and I wasn't preaching once a week. I was preaching five times a week. And I was just giving up. I didn't have any emotions left for my family. I didn't have emotions for my kids. I, did, I couldn't think. I couldn't think. Debbie would ask me a question and I just sat there. I couldn't, couldn't think. I, I, have you ever been that tired? Anyone ever been that tired? And I just, just couldn't think. And we went to Africa on a trip with the film crew from Life Outreach. And I stood there looking into the camera for days, holding children that were dying, saying, please. This is a tragic situation, and it's a desperate situation. And it was true. And that drained you. So I, I got so drained emotionally and, and mentally and spiritually. Came back, and, and a few weeks after this, I just kept going. Kept going. Never stopped. Never took a little break. And, and I got so drained. Here's what happened. Okay, It's horrible to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. I took a shower, got out of the shower, dried off, went into my master bedroom closet, opened my underwear drawer... And there was only one pair of underwear. And I thought to myself. I'm not going to have underwear tomorrow. What am I going to do? And I couldn't figure it out. I could not figure it out. I just stood there staring. And I thought. I don't have time to go buy some today. I don't want to borrow any. I want to wear underwear tomorrow. I'm not going to have underwear tomorrow. I couldn't figure it out. So then I opened my sock drawer and there were no socks. Now listen to me. I sat down on the floor and started crying. I'm telling you the truth. Last year, I started crying. And that day, I was going to lunch with Tom, Pastor Tom, one of our pastors, and I said to him, I'm having a nervous breakdown. I've heard it all my life. I said, Tom, I cried this morning over underwear. You're not supposed to cry over underwear. I cried. Tom told me, he said, you're drained. You're drained. You're going to have to figure out what replenishes you because you're not getting replenished. And so I started, I went on a quest to try to find out what replenished me. Hobbies don't replenish me, by the way. Hobbies do not replenish you. Hobbies are fun when you're replenished. But that's not what, you're going to find out. So I started, so Debbie and I went, she was drained too. We started trying to, here's what we found out. For she and I to go away and do nothing is what replenishes us. We go away and we uh, read books and we... Listen to CDs, and we just relax, and we sit around. We sit in rockers on a porch. We go to bed early. Well, here's what replenishes me. Going away with her and acting like an old person. That's what replenishes me. Just be old. And we get replenished. And so we have, we've scheduled now days to do that. Since last, we've just begun scheduling days for us to be able to get away. And take Sabbaths. Listen to me. I, after, this, after this last service, I was just walking down the aisle. So people came up to me right and left. I've been there. I've been there. I understand. I know what you're saying. I'm that tired. Anyone relate? Amen. It's because we're not observing a commandment of God that He put in place for our benefit. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of us and apply this truth in Jesus' name. Amen.